You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 259th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in South Minneapolis. Hey, this is Matt, also in South Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, I can see you both and you're in the same room. This is this is a big day. I'm very excited. I'm back on the porch with the little guy. We're almost where it all began. Now, Spencer, I need you to do me a favor. Okay. On my way, walking up to Little Guy's residence today, uh-huh. I posted a photo on the Slow Ride Podcast Instagram account. Okay. I want you to describe to our listeners what it is that uh, yeah. Let me just what, it, what I was confronted up. with when I saw. Like, this is the environment. This is the atmosphere I walked in. I walked into the, 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 the nest, the hive. Right into like, <laughs> I, I was a little nervous walking in here. Uh-huh. I can see why all of a sudden I can see why there's a lot of, mm-hmm. it looks like little guy is, uh, uh maybe a, a treated his, his front walk to the, um, the climb on the tour. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. Gave it the tour treatment where we got the you know, other people get out, get out the bunting for the fourth Yeah, for mm-hmm. July. I, I like to get the sidewalk into the into the mood of france here now right now what i i was first confronted with the kobo the kobo 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 uh, yeah shocking and i, I see was this like, i shed a little bit of a tear right i kind of got a little like all right well that one's gonna really hit little guy hard when he lost his uh it win. it's tough the next one though the yeah. next one i have a lot of questions about um it says free landa yeah free landa man now <laughs> Last time I checked, Landa was pretty much off the leash. Well, I think he's as <laughs> I think he's as free as he's ever been on the movie star. Uh, yeah, no, I just like that one. I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. So just for segue, like, do you just think that this isn't? It's not Nairo's tour anymore. It's not Nairo's. It's um, not Nairo's year. <laughs> it's do you, little guy. We when we were talking about the podcast topics earlier today on the phone, or maybe it was yesterday on the telephone. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was when you were at the park. Yeah. You were saying that you don't think Nairo will ever win a grand tour again. I'm on, I'm on that boat at, now. At what point did you think that? Was it last year's tour to France? No. I <laughs> was s- it at some point like stage six this year? <laughs> I mean, I, I was the one. I, I'm the biggest Nairo cheerleader. Yeah. That's well known. And uh, yeah, it just did not look good. When, when, they, when they attacked a few days ago. Yeah. We're recording this on the second rest day, but when they attacked a few days ago yeah. and he didn't respond, and then Robbie McEwen and Matt uh, Keenan were trying to come up with excuses of, <laughs> oh, maybe that fall hurt him too much. I was like, man, uh, you guys are nice. You guys are yeah. great announcers. We need to let the guy it. have a have an escape. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I mean, he's also going to a small French team, so I think that plays into the never winning a grand tour. That, that's the bigger they, red flag, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's when you know you're you're going out to pasture when you're signing for the small teams when you pull the gripe yeah 
Okay, See, so we got you got the the free Landa. Yeah. Now, now it has been pointed out a couple of times mm-hmm. um, by listeners of the podcast on our Twitter account about why no one is talking about someone else from Movie Star who has slipped into the top ten. I, kind of silently slipped into the top ten to another impressive feat for being uh, thirty nine years old, and of course we're talking about Alejandro Valverde. Yep. Um, just a few spots behind, just a couple minutes, yep. still within attacking distance. Eighth place, five minutes down, even. Yep, he's there. It could happen. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm 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 looking at this graffiti that is mm-hmm. all over your walkway, and I I just have really one question. Mm-hmm. Who is the artist? Was it you or was it Tom Boonin? Tom Boonin. Uh, well, I know you guys think a lot of little little Tom B, but he can't he can't spell or anything yet, really. So it was me. But he could draw <laughs> the geometrically shaped syringe that was pointing at Lance Armstrong <laughs> and Alejandro Valverde's name. Um, he could have. Now, but he didn't. Spencer, I uploaded this before I got to the staircase okay. into the house. Yeah, where there is about ten mentions of Pinot. Ah. Just like uh, that stage six at the yes. tour this year with Pino, Pino, Pino forever. Well, once he hit the steep ramps, that's yeah. when you want to start writing Pino, Pino all over the place. Because so, that's where he's going to really dance on the pedals. You now, know? I know, little guy, you you have been basically living, I don't know, like like in ecstasy for the last about week at the Tour de France. Um, this is Who hasn't? Is this, is this the greatest Tour de France in your opinion or the best Tour de France in your opinion? Uh, it's the greatest since 2011. I think that's because that's when Bardet and let me see if I remember Jean Christophe Perrault no, was on the podium. No, no, no. JCP Ele- Eleven is when Volkler had his oh, moment. Okay. When we had the same tour, and then Cadell won. So I don't know who's playing the part oh, of Cadell okay. in this tour. Richie Port. Oh, oh, that would be weird. <laughs> do you, Spencer? Do you remember the 2011 tour? Uh yeah, I do. So is, I do. We've, so is this. Were we podcasting then? Because is this when we were? Is this when the question was, "Will Valver, will Vokler make it all the way to Paris in the yeah. yellow jersey?" So when- what we're doing is, you know, what it's super popular in Hollywood right now is the reboot yep. of uh, <laughs> of you know previous uh, you know movies franchises that have sort of fallen by the wayside. And what the ASO has done in 2019 is try to reboot the 2011 tour, which was the last great French hope. Um, so they've got Philippe cast in the role of Tommy Volkler. Good um, casting. Yeah, excellent <laughs> casting. You know, he did um, have the Volkler face a yeah. couple of times oh, on no, these stages lately with the tongue out. and uh, I, 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 Yeah, the casting director for yeah, this I, is amazing. I think he's absolutely up for an Academy Award. So, uh, so do we this. know who's playing? the? It's got to be then Garen Thomas, right? I don't know. This I guess. Spencer, what do you think? G? Well, see now. Uh, that doesn't really work storyline-wise. Right, we need we need a non-previous winner, right? Yeah. So we need to dig into our, our archives and see who it is. I, Port is the obvious um, connection with the uh, with the whole Aussie thing going on, but I just Six don't minutes. <laughs> I just don't think that that is the answer. I think that is you know our directors, the ASO, have put a lot of time and effort into the casting, and I don't maybe, think they would go for the the easy. Maybe it's got to be Chryswick. Uh, well, I was gonna say it could be Fuslong or Iran. Fuslong's been around a long time, so is Iran. They're both kind of, uh, they're always there, but they're not quite as quick okay. in the mountains, it, a la Cadell. Let's just stake, I mean, Iran is not coming back. That was a disaster. Now, 533. <laughs> no, the that way bad. that he blew up. Like, it was not looking okay. good. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. For, 
Like, I wanted him to do well, but it just didn't look I as think hot. For Uran to do well um, in this gritty reboot of the tour that we're doing here for 2019, what we're going to have to see is a mountain stage in week three in which he has some sort of a mechanical issue. The mechanic leans out the window of the car and just undoes the uh, derailleur cable to yep. his rear derailleur and just keeps him in that 11 uh, so that he just has to grind it out. And then okay. that way he'll he'll just power on to the finish and take a bunch of time back. So Yeah, that seems to be it works for him, just like how I believe Bargill has to have, break his hip to be good. I think <laughs> Iran, you just got to actually I just, get him in, stuck in a gear. Uh, you brought it up, little guy. I put a lot of points on roller derby on Bargill. He's coming. He's going to come good. And, There's uh, three big mountain stages coming. Still, uh, still letting me down in the uh, French national kit, but he was looking good the other day going full <laughs> schleck. Spencer, right yeah. <clears throat> what is the biggest surprise of the tour so far? And will this biggest surprise still be relevant when the uh, um, at the end of the week? In, well, on Sunday? I can answer both of those definitively. Um, the answer to your second question: Will it still be a, a, a you know a component to this tour at the end of the week? Is no, absolutely not. It will not because okay, the let, revolution. Let me, let me guess what the first part is. Okay. Or you get okay. So you're saying that what the biggest surprise of the tour so far is not going to be relevant next Sunday. I'm going to say is it Ella Philippe in yellow? Oh, that's that's good, but uh, no, that's that's not what I was thinking. I'm okay. thinking my biggest relevant uh, uh, for this tour is um, well was unfortunately <laughs> Walt Van Art. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's true. Not really anymore. I was like pour a, I poured some beer out when I saw that. I was at my dad's uh, 70th birthday party getting ready for it, and when the crash happened, I was just, I was very, very disappointed. You guys watch? I didn't watch it. I just heard, and I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it, but it was all over my Twitter feed with the gifts. I've I've avoided it so far. I'm sure it won't last, but... It's unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate for anyone to crash uh, and and take themselves out of a race. That's never good. It's never good to see a, a... pretty grisly crash like that uh a preventable crash uh, a lot of people including myself would argue um but maybe worst of all is that you lose somebody like that during a time trial stage which really just is the most boring kind of stage on earth <laughs> and that's the and only reason why we were watching it was for him yeah <sighs> it's just insult to injury but i mean i'm just disappointed because he only has one tour de france left before he never wins a stage again yeah before before matthew vanderpool comes in and just ruins all the fun for everybody else yeah it um yeah i mean he's got next year to try and go for that green you know he knows he can do it he knows he can hang with all these guys when they're all in peak form so i think the confidence will be sky high when he comes back but um yeah he's he's got a ticking time bomb uh named matthew vanderpool that he's gonna have to deal with so little guy there was a time Right after Yellow Lotto won the team time trial, yeah, and too, yeah. Mike Toonson got dropped, Yep. and there was a moment where Wout Van Aert could have gone into yellow. Yep. I think it was like stage four or five. Will that be the closest Wout Van Aert ever gets to yellow in his career? I'm like, is he going to look back at this and say, that was the moment that I could have been in yellow and my team messed it up? Ah, he'll get it, I think. I don't know. All right. Well, I, I was no I was really frustrated. I'm kind of like Team Yellow Lotto is doing amazing things, like very exciting for them. Yeah, they're riding well. They're riding very well. Yes. You've got that uh, Christwick, the snowman, looking good. He's he's I a Grand f- Tour winner yeah. before. I feel like snowman. everybody forgot about him. 
Like he, yeah. You may yeah. as well call him a Grand Tour winner because he was until you know the snow. Yeah. Until Nibali happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, I mean, I was gonna say if all of the everyone's press conference today on the rest day, every no one was talking about winning. Like all these guys in the top six who are separated by a whole two minutes and fourteen seconds. Everyone was just saying, "Oh, we're just aiming at the podium." Like nobody wants to, like even no, those no guys. For the jugular. Yeah, no one's really it feels like going for it. Maybe Pino a little bit, but I feel like everyone's like, "Well, I see the podium." I so has anybody podium. done the math on like how much did Pino lose that one time when he went to the left of the roundabout? He, he lost one forty. So he'd be ten seconds down on full. Yes. Yes. It, it it would be a very tight race, Pino. Like as I said two weeks ago that. I was shocked that FDJ came here to race the tour after that team time trial on stage two or whatever. Mm-hmm. They did really well. Fino did not lose eight minutes like I expected him to, yeah. and he was I in contention. And I said they're here to race. And then the next episode, one week later, I said, "Well, they FDJ'd it up, and he, he they are not here to race after they lost so, a minute forty. But now they're back. They're back to race. Oh yeah, so, they're back in now, the mountains for sure. Now, little guy for Pino, there's. Two summit finishes left, right? Uh, yeah, and there's so, some downhill. Action. Is there a downhill action? That's what I'm a little curious. Like, is there downhills that we got to you know hold our breath for? He's, Pino? he's a good descender now. He's no Alaphilippe, though. That's the thing. So, oh man, it would be great if Pino wins, right? I think that. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I mean, so, I think I like all these guys really. Well, I mean, here's the deal: is is every media outlet and every podcast and every NBC Sports uh, highlight package and with Horner and Vandeveld uh, and whoever, I can't they're all going to be talking about one thing. They're going to be talking about, is Philippe the real deal? Can he win the tour? And so I don't really want to go down that road. I just want to close the book on that and say, no, he's obviously not the real deal. He's not going to win this tour. Shut up. Wow. And then we can move on from this. Do you guys agree or disagree with that? I totally agree. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Put that down and say, bet the house on it. The Slow Ride Podcast does not think Philippe <laughs> could win. I really want to hold <laughs> out a- hope. That's a old uh, yeah. I really want to believe slow ride guarantee right there. That's like next level super rookie yeah. guarantee. I don't want to bet against it. He's good right I, now. I think it would be great to see Pino win, but I think that we can't overlook the fact that Ineos has two in the top six, and they have a defending winner, and they have um, now probably the yeah. Moto Man making some deliveries in the Jiffy bag. Well, I think the thing about Pino is, as we know from the Giro last year, is he gets sick. And this happens in a lot of tours. <laughs> he just get he's a human. He has bad days. I was thinking about this today as I woke up with a little scratch in my throat and felt a little tired on the rest day myself and was like, oh. And I just worried like Pino was really good in the mountains when it was kinda cool and he even admitted that. Like he's better when it's cold than when it's hot. And if it's really hot in the Alps, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna wilt a little bit. Can I well maybe. I don't. I don't know enough about his like, he's body not, he's type. A, well, that's why he did the Giro so much and and skipped the tour all the time because he doesn't like the heat as much. Well, let me go to this though. I don't think there's one rider in the in the top six that I'd be disappointed if they win the tour. No, I think they're all deserving. They're all right there. Like like all six of them. I'm like, oh, that would be a really cool tour winner. Yeah. Like and, no matter what happens in the next two stages or the rest of the week. Like even if G Thomas wins, I'm like, man, no, I kind of like that guy. He's not a you, total are douche. You, are you sure you don't want to push that out to top eight there, Tim? I know, 7th and 8th place, I would love it. But they're so far out, Spencer, that um, Landis right, just, 454 down and Valverde. I mean, I would love a Valverde victory. I'd say top 10. <laughs> okay. I'd say top 10. 
I want a All random right. win, really, but it's not gonna happen. So but, even the, like, how many tours have we had lately where, where the top six are within just two minutes, basically, and then even all the way back to 12th to yeah it's only six minutes you know i don't know it was, we are like seven I, minutes I, to bargain like we have yeah. many tours where like the second place rider was seven minutes down and we were trying to convince ourselves that it was still interesting yeah, yeah no that's you know, like, true no yeah. no 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 it's gonna happen yeah. i'm gonna watch it it's gonna happen oh the, the race for second and third is really good though there's gonna be a landis attack yeah yeah <laughs> we don't actually so. we don't have to lie to ourselves this year to enjoy this that's the best part of this tour is that I can be honest with myself and still watch the race. I don't have to pretend like I'm enjoying watching and like every day tell myself, no, Sky's not going to dominate today. No, no, no. This is going to be fun. So <laughs> I'm not wasting my time missing a, a bike ride. Yeah. Speaking of though, uh, Sky slash Ineos slash G Thomas hasn't looked particularly good. He's looked fine. Are you talking about the gradient kit? Or are you talking about good. the riding? Uh, we have already discussed the kit at length. Yeah. Um, we know that that is not looking great. But Thomas has uh, put his uh, money where his mouth is as far as uh, form and kit matching, I'm like a little, aligning. I am a little surprised by like his willingness to say that other people can win the tour. Like He's trying to like build up the excuses on why he hasn't won to Mr. Moneybags. Doing it. Everyone's but doing it. That's the thing. I just... I still think he's playing the old uh, Lance card. He's he's running it a little tight. Like there's a little mm-hmm. a little too close to comfort for the 500 points I have on roller derby on uh, <laughs> on uh, Garrett Thomas. But I mean overall, I think so that the uh, you think psychological warfare. I'm thinking so. Okay, they, they have two guys in the top six. I mean, yeah, the only team that well, there's two teams that have looked really really good. One is executed, and one has just looked really, really good. And as a friend of mine, uh, Simon, in uh, London, uh, uh, texted me the other day, he said, is Movistar just some co- subcontracting out to Team Ineos? Which is kind of a good point, because Movistar now has had, like, what, two stages where they've just been drilling it at the front, mm-hmm. and then when the going gets tough, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of their thing. So, so Movistar's look good, but then it's Yellow Lotto, who's been looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. George and Bennett FDJ. and uh, uh, Duplumes or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know who it is. Duplus. Yeah, yeah, he's looking good on the front. Those guys are looking good, even though Wout went home. Yeah, they're doing it for Wout, riding for yeah. Wout. I think the problem for all these guys is, is that they have the same feeling I would have when I'd show up to a race and I'd look around and like Bergman and Doug wouldn't be there. I'd be like, oh no, I could win. And then you get really scared because you're like, if I don't win. <laughs> I'm gonna be kicking myself because this is my one chance to win, and they're <laughs> this all is the Carlos Soler. Yeah, they're like Froome's not here. Carlos Sastre. This is yeah. this is my chance to actually win this thing, and if I don't, I have to live with the fact that I I miss my one chance to win the tour. You know, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to admit that to yourself, but it's probably the truth for a lot <laughs> of these guys. I think Maybe the only uh, the only one who has reached out and taken the reins on that at all in any way, shape, or form is Pino. Yeah. Okay, well, what about this, Spencer? We're 19 minutes into the podcast, and we haven't even once mentioned Emmanuel Buchmann. And that's yeah. that's how he likes it. He's just hiding <laughs> out he there. The new, is he the new Zacharin? <laughs> is he the new... Uh, I mean, wh- what can we equate him to in this movie reboot? Is he the new Heimar Zubeldia, just kind of hanging around in the top 10? Yeah. Silently? I don't know who got fourth in 2011. I can't even remember. Um, that's kind of where I see him. He's put in some digs, but yeah, he's... He's probably Balke Malima. <laughs> Might have been Malima. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't he, know. I think Bookman's riding really well. He's climbing great. Yeah. Well, 
He's got a pedigree of that. Like he's been on the radar before. Um, yeah. I'm not totally surprised to see him up there, but I'm I'm a little impressed. Yeah. I overall am pretty stoked on it. Let's get into some of the other small little things that maybe are some surprises that are coming through. Um, first off, uh, King of the Mountains jersey, Tim Wellens, uh, currently in the lead over uh, Pino. Uh, Wellens actually looking pretty good in that polka dot kit. I like the polka dot helmet. Um, Spencer, can you remind me your thoughts on the polka dot helmet and if you approve of that? Uh, like, when, when do we stop with the polka dots for you? I approve of everything polka dot. Helmet, gloves, bike... Uh, socks, shoes, any other accessories you want, as long as you leave the bibs alone. Okay. And have you, <laughs> have you ever seen like polka dot bar tape? Does that exist? Uh, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't recall ever seeing it. Is that like what I takes don't, it to the next level? I don't believe I've seen that. No, but I know, uh, back when we were, uh, with Ridley, yeah, we would just send, um, white bikes. So they'd have the. Uh, they the would have sticker, to. Stickers they'd have to on? apply polka dot stickers to the bikes. Yeah, so um, they that covered us for any young rider leader and polka dot leader. Mm, it's a good. It's a good double. Speaking yeah. of white, uh, young white jersey winner or white jersey leader and best young rider, um, we have Bernal in yep. first, and we did have a little battle brewing with Enric Moss. Uh, I believe that's a little guy <laughs> special right there. He's always picking up on Enric Moss and good rider. Guy, what happened? All of a sudden, he's 30 minutes behind, and I can think of one, Julian Philippe, who, <laughs> who would love to have some assistance in the mountains, Yeah, and you think it would be Moss. You would think, being that he was supposed to be the GC guy, <laughs> you think he could at least help out. Maybe he'll be good uh, this coming week. I don't. He doesn't look like it. I mean, man, there's a lot of big guys who've so, blown sky high. Speaking of blowing sky high, how about this one? Yeah. How ready is France for a Mark Mattiot? Tour de France victory by one of his <laughs> riders if Pino wins. He's already put out the videos of him just screaming mm-hmm. at a television screen Sitting watching Pino. couch, yelling. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think France is going to be able to recover from the, that, oh, no. that I mean, sign of uh, approval. Generally, they're yeah. not going to be able to recover. Did you guys see the photographs of uh, the Pino Matteo uh, press conference here on the rest day? Looking. No really relaxed and comfortable both of them chill yeah. and he's got his arm kind of around pino he just looks like a father figure it's very it's very casual i like it 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 made me think that they 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 feel very good tranquilo they're think very tranquilo we they're have the been definition. some of the biggest proponents of french cycling for some time i mean you know you little guy you've been on this bandwagon since day one i've just been a movie star nerd uh, fanboy but thanks for you know. thanks for admitting but it's just i mean it is great to see um and then spencer green jersey yeah. Peter Sagan climbing the mountain the other day, signing a book, yeah. trying to some some copy. noob running next to him, trying to get him to sign something. Must have seen my videos of getting Chris Horner to sign my jersey. It's like a cross race. Back when Chris Horner was cool. Um Spencer, Peter Sagan. Yeah. yeah. Is he the think? real deal? Anything is that... cool like on him? Or is it so, kind of old hat at this point? <clears throat> I think I think this Sagan guy, uh, we might hear about him more in the next few years. Um, he could so. have a bright future in front of him. He's got a good hold on the green jersey. I think it, you know he could pull this off. Um, you know he might be a name to watch. Uh, pretty uh, pretty fun stuff. Maybe. I do. Did did the uh, 
did all the specialized teams did they get out on their e-bikes today little guy for the uh I the rest look. day that annoyed me so much it, i, I know it look. annoyed you but i gotta admit that was a pretty good ad campaign for a rest day that they all out there on their uh, in a e-bikes. way it is but yeah. it's a doping product i mean i don't know if you've if you're a pharmacist doping product can you ride an e-bike in a race what is it called it's called mechanical doping yeah but you can go ride a like e-bike like they're they're all have you ever been on one i don't think no. e-bike well, and hidden motorbikes are the same yeah, thing come on little guy like this is a, it's a slippery slope man next thing you know people can be marrying toasters <laughs> you're just think about it you're just mad because all the koms are going to be token taken by people on a uh, e-bike yeah i just i'm i'm old and grumpy and e-bike puppy. <laughs> This is Abby Mickey from Rally UHC Professional Cycling Team, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. This podcast is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and get a free quote, or check out their life insurance FAQ page to get your questions answered. Now, guys, you know me. We've talked about this many times. They've been good friends of ours, Health IQ. It's very simple. If you're a healthy individual, which you probably are because you're listening to this podcast while you're out riding your bike, maybe wanting to do your own Greenway story, you can just head on over to healthiq.com. It's my copyright. And you, yeah, and you slash WAP, and uh, you can save money on your life insurance because they take into account your exercise, what you're doing to your body, and how you're keeping it healthy. So you actually are less of a risk for um, the need of life insurance, so you can get a better quote. Yeah, they've been awesome. They've been great. Forever. They've been here since and day one. We're, we're stoked for yeah. them. Thank you, Health IQ, uh, for your continued support. Go to healthiq.com slash WAP. Uh, we are also brought to you today by Whoop. Uh, the Whoop Strap is a, it's a heart rate monitor, uh, wrist worn, that is totally changing the way that people track their fitness and optimize their training. Um, what it does is it connects with an app. Uh, on your phone and it provides you insights to the heart rate data that it collects and uh, helps you make better training habits and perform optimally on a daily basis. Uh, It detects your workouts, it provides a strain score, uh, it quantifies how strenuous that training was on your body, It, uh, it includes a sleep coach that looks at your at your sleep performance and lets you know what's going on there and it it you can get as in-depth with this as you want which is the best part about it is uh if you just need green yellow red like how am i doing good better best or if you want to really dive into numbers you can set it up either way the app can be very user-friendly very simple or it can be very user-friendly and complicated as far as how much data there is available so what we are offering is 15% off of your subscription, 12 or 18th month to whoop.com. So you head over to whoop.com, pick out the strap you want, the heart rate monitor, that is free, and sign up for the membership and save yourself 15% by using the promo code SLOWRIDE when you check out. It's an awesome device, and uh, I have several friends now that have picked one up, and both from tech savvy, like analytic nerds, to the most basic friends that I have from when it comes hey, to Hey, don't make fun stuff. of me. Yeah. And they can look at that green, yellow, red on when their, stress, uh, their strain scores and everything are coming in. So yeah. very cool device. Uh, thanks, Whoop, for your continued support. 
Uh, also, we're part of the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, a family of cycling and cycling-adjacent podcasts. If you like this show, check out WideAnglePodium.com. Most likely you will find some other shows there that you will enjoy as well, and you can also consider becoming a member and donating to the network to support what we're doing. That's right. And Spencer, I don't know if you saw this, but did you see a wide angle podium member, uh, Mitch Docker doing the gorilla broadcasts of the different tour stages Uh, on Facebook live? I did really into the attacking while in the drops on the mountains. I loved it. Uh, and how could you not be? It's, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it, Hop on over to Life on the Pel- uh, Life in the Peloton uh, Facebook page, and you can see those uh, those uh, commentaries that Mitch did live over the top of the Tour de France stage. It is some pro level insight, and I mean that literally. Yeah, yeah. And as a friendly reminder for all those wide angle podium uh, listeners, we're also going to be up in Madison for the Trek Cyclocross World Cup. Come hang out with us. A lot of people coming up. We got listeners from around the country flying into Madison to come party with us and. Uh, Watch some top-notch bike racing, which features the first equal prize list in World Cyclocross um, World Cup history. So Woo. pretty awesome. So yeah, yeah. With that, uh, I say we get back to the show, guys. Tim, it sounded like you said top-knot cycling. Does that mean everyone's going to have a top-knot in the race? Yes, it is. Oh, cool. Underneath All right. Their well, that's something I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of baristas in that race, huh? This is Mitch Docker. And you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast, afterwards. <laughs> Pronunciation smuts, smunciation. Nailed it. Nailed it. Five stars from Semi-Chill. I love the meandering discussions, loosely centered around bike racing. Listening to your podcast is the highlight of my commuting week. Keep it up, guys. Well, thank you. And we hope to have, uh, you know, you continue to be around, Sam Eichel. Thanks for the uh, the love. Um, let's make your commute maybe a little bit spicier, a little bit better. Um, I don't know if the commute <laughs> is uh, driving. I don't know if the commute is riding your bike. Maybe it's uh, sitting on public transit, but there's definitely, uh, yeah, there's there's got to be something we could do to make it a little bit more exciting mm-hmm. for you. Oh, well, here's here's what you do. You look to your left. Uh, you see who's over there, whether if you're on the train or the bus on your way to work. If you're if you're stuck in traffic in the car, see who's over to your left. How what do you cast them in the 2019 Tour de France? Who are they playing? Uh, are they are they are they reprising the role of Cadell Evans? Who could it be? And then look to your right, do the yeah. same until you've fleshed out your cast of characters. I think that's a good way to pass the time. That's a good way. I mean, who are the Schlecks? Yeah. Who are the Schlecks? You know, Schlecks? Bookman might have to be one of the Schlecks because he was going full Schleck in the mountains the other day. And Bargill bit. was going full Schleck, and he's also way off the back. But you would think that the, the Yates brothers would actually be the good Schlecks. They would have the best. Because they're twins. Yeah. But again, they've had the problems of yeah. one of them is off the back and one of them's winning stages. Yeah. But it was a great stage win. Yeah. Hey, gents. I was pretty stoked to hear you acknowledge my show review the other day. What I love what you guys do. I hear pod after pod about Klein bikes. While this is no Klein, would the attached 1996 vintage Pro Flex be worthy of a mention? It can still hang with all the fancy crap out there. All the best, Tandem Boy. 
Now, little guy, Spencer and I had this one the last couple of weeks, and we, res- mm-hmm. we reserved oh, it for you. This for we me. held this for you. Thanks, guys. Have you ever? Are you a fan of Proflex? Oh yeah, they're they're great. Looking. Now we are looking. I've never at, ridden one. But. We are looking at this Proflex bike, uh-huh. which has some of the craziest features I've ever seen. But the first thing I want to bring you up to, mm. the uh, rear suspension on the seat stays. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Are you a big fan of this kind of? Uh, would you get a Proflex over a Climb? Uh, well, I already got a client, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm down for the Proflex. I want one. I've definitely always wanted one. Do they have? Are they, how? Do, what's their uh, eBay, rate, uh, you know, cost looking like usually? I don't actually know. They're you they're locally for like uh, you can sometimes find a frame for two to three hundred, depending upon which uh, crazy Gervin fork it has on it. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't I don't know if you can swap out that that old elastometer rear shock for something with a little bit of tunability. Yeah. But uh, they're, they're, they look sweet. I mean, that linkage fork, right? The goofy, goofy fork, man. Yeah. So I got a, um, we got a couple other emails um, here, but I, little guy, I, I'll have to just say this about ProFlex. I'm going to do a little bit more research. I still don't think it takes a cake on a uh, Klein just because of the pure paint jobs. I mean, yeah, the paint jobs aren't there, but they're, they're, they've got the goofball factor. The nice thing is, is they're almost all now in the hands of, of uh as spencer and i would call them townies yeah yeah from oh, our, yeah. when we were in moab and everyone was like riding a downhill bike to the store but it was an old downhill <laughs> bike so it was you know it was trash now yeah. um the, did i ever tell you guys about i saw proflex downtown and someone had taken out the rear uh shock the last nominators were like melted away as they do and put in a block of wood to make it into a hardtail basically wow it like bolted in a block of wood where that would be to keep the bike i'm assuming from just like bobbing around like crazy like they didn't so they were like oh we're gonna take out the elastometer how did you how could you like was it the wood painted well, like the whole the shock it was, it was just like a chunk of a two by four <laughs> just just they just sort of like like i don't remember how strapped it in but anyway so that the rear end wouldn't was move there around a zip tie so much involved? there probably was probably some duct tape it was um it was great it made my day yeah <laughs> So I remember um, kind of a tangent, just talking about zip ties. I remember when I got my first bike and I was going to work as a courier, or not my first bike ever, but I was working my first courier bike. I had a Surly Crosstrack. You guys may remember this. Oh, that's before I, the Terranaut? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Terranaut was when I wanted to look cool with you guys. But yeah. I got the Surly Crosstrack because I thought that's <laughs> that what worked, couriers right? use Spencer? the bar end shifters. Spencer was totally into what I was uh, riding all the time. Oh, yeah. And, I got one of those uh, fenders, you know, like those uh, plastic planet bike fenders that kind of wraps around your, uh, yep. your seat post and you, uh, it kind of like I'll snaps clip on in one, yep. yeah. and rubs yeah. all the paint off. And I was worried someone was going to take it. And the guy at the bike shop was like, Oh, just put like three or four zip ties around. <laughs> so he put a bunch of zip ties so someone couldn't come up and just take it. But then I realized that someone could just bring snips and then get my fender. But then no one ever has taken a fender of mine. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. Anyway, we've got another great email. This one comes to us from Mark Westcott all the way in Melbourne, Australia. So we'd like to thank our Australian listener for chiming in. And this stems from when I was talking about Robbie McEwen and the other guy calling the race. (laughs) I am now a complete fanboy. And he let me know that it's Matthew Keenan is a Melbourne local, big supporter of junior development, cycling safety and infrastructure and growing women's cycling. And Spencer. Yeah. And little guy, he included the video. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this, of the camera positioned inside their their booth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they're calling Caleb McEwen's uh, or Caleb Ewan's uh, victory. Yeah. 
on stage like 11 or 13 or whatever, uh, stage 11, sorry, that is some of the, like they are so professional in the way that they're doing it. They're, they got all like, they're pointing at each other, like who's going to speak next. Everything was great. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. Okay, we'll watch that tonight. Right, it'd be um, nice to see yeah, their flow, how they, guys, how they do it, because they are really good. Yeah, take some notes. They are the best. Take some notes. We've been doing this for over five years, 260 episodes almost now. That's 260 hours uh, of content, and we are nowhere near that level no. of professionalism. No. <laughs> but the close. thing is, is that did you like he has obviously kind of some prepared notes, but like the call that he had when Pino won, or sorry, when Pino won the stage, and Ala Philippe got second at mm-hmm. the end the other day, and it was on the it, the Tell same them. day as the fiftieth anniversary of the moon landing, and yeah. he said, <laughs> "One big step, or one big step for." Um, Pino, yeah, one giant leap for Alaphilippe or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Like it was so well done. And meanwhile, <laughs> folks listening to like Phil Liggett and Bob Roll calling Dylan Toonson Wout Van Art, and it's so embarrassing. Like I bet you, the viewership would go up if they got rid of Liggett within like a year. Like it would take a year because like you know Uncle Phil, you don't really want to see Uncle Phil go out to pasture, but. At the end of the day, guys, I'm sorry. Like Matthew Keenan and Robbie McEwen yeah. need to be, for the future of the sport in our country, they need to be the ones doing the live call. It is fantastic, that yeah. much better than anything else out there. No, I agree. And, I'll agree. And the infighting that that I've that has been relayed to me between Christian Vandeveld and uh, Chris Horner, I heard is just ridiculous. Really? Yeah, a lot of people like just kind of chiming in like, stuff. are you watching this? I'm like, no, I've, I've refused to. <laughs> Because I found the best announcing tandem yeah. in the last 29 years. I wish I could remember <laughs> which stage that uh, Robbie and Matt had a good... One of them said something about somebody being the greatest cyclist ever, and it sounded like they were leading up to just a boring conversation about Mercs or something. And then the other one was like, Marina Voss. And then they talked about Voss for a minute, and it was pretty nice. It was a really good... They sort of They sort of kept it secret, and then they... They snuck it in that they were t- going to talk about women's cycling. I was like, oh, very well done, guys. She, like she is the greatest current cyclist there is. And you made it sound like you are going to talk about a guy. It was nice. Hey, guys. Full Schleck story. Well, kind of. Well, maybe not a full Schleck, as you gents put it. But it's a full Schleck story. Cheers, Colby. P.S. I have a house that's for the Snowshoe Mountain Bike Race in West Virginia. If anyone wants a place with decent size, hit me up. Colby, we may take you up on that. But he links us to a story, Spencer. You can't see it. Little guy's here reading in studio with me. Of the secret pro, the old cycling tips, anonymous pro rider. Uh-huh. And basically, it is about how back in 2011, Andy Schleck took a massive solo win on the Galibier and set himself up to take the yellow jersey from Vokler. It was a super impressive ride. Andy was a magnificent talent, and he was simply an overgrown kid. All he ever wanted to do was part of the gang. The next day up the Alpe d'Huez, Andy took the yellow jersey from Vokler, and as always, the entire village at the top was a massive party. In particular, there is a chateau, chateau full of Luxembourgers celebrating Andy's yellow jersey that he just couldn't stay away from. He was out all night on a massive bender and was the most popular man in the room. The next day was the time trial in Grenoble when he lost the jersey to Cadell by a minute and a half. 
Go figure. <laughs> I did not know this. This is how Andy Schleck <sighs> lost. Little guy, how does that make you fan? You, you're a big fan of the Schleck. I was a big fan of the Schlecks. It's faded through the years. I'm not surprised that 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 sounds sounds like a the old the old Luxembourg curse. Just kind of, you know. Wow, the old, your chickens the before old, they hatch. The old Schleck curse. That sounds. I believe that. That sounds about right for Andy. All right. Well, guys, we got finally the last text message. This comes in from longtime Wide Angle Podium supporter. Question for the pod. This has obviously been the best tour in years. If World Cycling Production was still cranking out recap videos, would you purchase this year's recap? Uh. Dare I say a wide cycle, wide, uh, World Cycling Production top videos draft corner? Spencer. Yeah, as our expert on world cycling production videos, mm-hmm. yes, I would I would call him more like our mole. As our mole, would you buy the 2019 world cycling production DVD? So, I think the assumption is that you can get everything on YouTube. You can get everything on like on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, would you still buy the DVD and find a DVD player to play it? So here's the thing. Now. It depends on what you're talking about because they they this year's tour is not over yet, but it's been great. It's been fantastic. Now, World Cycling Productions would always put out two editions of the Tour de France. They would put out a five-hour, four-hour edition and like a 20-hour edition. Yes. Yeah. Now, I would not waste my $20 on a five-hour version of this tour. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yet if I'd spend the 80 bucks required to get the 20 hour version but i'm close so yeah it's a lot of good trainer time like think about it all next year winter right different different stage winners every day uh a no clear victory being ridden away with at this point like it's got everything that i need for good trainer fodder you're absolutely correct so the world cycling I just, I just want to live in this alternate dimension that world cycling production still exists. And just for the sake of this conversation, Spencer, yeah. I'm going to assume that you still work there. Okay. I am now asking myself, would I accept the normal unmarked test DVD of these videos? Right, yeah. <laughs> from you that were so graciously like hand-scrawled Sharpie marker mm-hmm. like Hetvoke 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know which side to put down on and the you, DVD player. And you, you like also, the up. best part was Spencer would, because World Cycling Productions had this horrible habit of putting the winner of the race on the DVD cover. Ugh. Right? Yeah. So it was actually good when you got a Spencer edition. Yeah, you didn't know. Because you didn't know. Especially all these years later, I'm yeah. like, I don't know who won 2009. Yeah. Don't look it up. Just watch it. <laughs> so now I'm going, would I buy this one? I, I don't know. I, I think I would. I, it's pretty good. But I do think that Chuck has a pretty good idea that we should go take a walk down memory lane yeah. in the last uh, few minutes here of the podcast and talk okay. a little bit about our favorite World Cycling Productions videos in a segment I like to call Top Corner, Draft Corner. Uh, and Spencer, three picks each. Three. Y- you, Spencer, oh, I already got two right is our there. designated as our designated world cycling productions expert. Uh-huh. You probably still have some back issues of the catalog that every USA cycling member got mailed to him. Oh, yeah. You're pawing through. You've dog-eared pages of various BMCs and uh, Lapierre's and other bikes. Spencer, yeah. what is your first pick 
on the top corner draft corner for World Cycling Productions DVDs. My first pick. Who's well? Who's going second here in our in our draft order? I I will let I'll go second. I'll give okay. the guy All a little right. bit of time to think. Then then I know what I'm getting. Okay, what do you get? <laughs> I'm going 2002, Perry Roubaix. Ooh, I need in 2002. I need rain? the Hincapie falling off the edge of the ditch. I need Boonin, the helper, riding away uh, to a podium position. Yeah. I need a Museo victory. I need a classic muddy Perry Roubaix. Okay, not 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 a bad pick. It is the coming out party of uh, of one Tom Boonin. It's kind of like you feel like it's like the indie rock DVD before um, you know before you really see a good one. That's good. I will go next. I'm going to pick the double feature. I really like the double features that I would get in the back. Those are the best bang for the buck. Catalogs. Oh, yeah. Spring classics. But yeah. the one I'm going for, of course, is Stars and Water Cower Carriers mm-hmm. and The Impossible Hour. Yeah, it's a good one. Great, great movies. Spencer, the 1972 uh, Giro uh, documentary of Stars yeah. and Water Carriers, but then also Mercs and the Hour Record. It is the only Hour Record that is somewhat exciting to watch as you just have Mercs back to back two CDs for the price of one. I've never even watched that one. Oh, that was good. Oh, that's a, that's such a quality pick. That's a deep cut, but you know, get your old, get your old, is it old Ritter? Is his name? Ole Ritter. Yeah. Ole. Ole Ritter. Yeah. Always Mercs shadow. All right. What do you got little guy? What's your first pick of the world cycling production? Well, obviously 1989 (laughs) tour. You probably still have that on VHS. Uh, I think I have it on DVD. All right. So 1989. This is a Greg LeMond victory. Yeah. Um, it's been 30 years since you won a Grand Tour. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. All right. 30 year anniversary. Somebody Just told by eight me that seconds. somewhere. You've cried a couple times watching this. Do you do you watch that DVD thinking it's going to change every time? Uh, whew, it's a tough one every time. Fignon loses it. Every time they're going, there's like the transition scene before they go into the time trial and it and they do something about like Fignon's kind of testy and a reporter tries to talk to him there's a little clip and he like he's like getting off the train and he like puts his hand in their face or something and he doesn't want to talk to the reporter and you just you know it's coming it's, it's heartbreaking every time yes that is very you know true. that saddle sore is really bugging him yeah so bad all right what else you got um man this is tough Tim he's kind of sprung this on me uh I've got the 94 Giro, and I really like watching that, so I'd probably get that again. The 94 Giro. Tell me a little bit about what happens in that one. Uh, uh, Burzin's good. Indurin's good. Indurin's a little off the pace. What I really like about it is on stage three or four, a little uphill finish in a little small Italian town, town, a young neopro named Davide Rebelin jumps (laughs) off the front for a second, and every time I watch that, I'm like, yeah, he's still riding. (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy so i like that part of it wow tim's zooming in right. on pictures i've got mine <laughs> my second pick i just had to make sure this was the right one yeah. the 2005 giro d'italia spencer five uh, action five hours of cycling action yeah so good because this is when paolo salvadelli yep made that epic descent and what i like about this one is that it's five hours you're not watching like the whole giro and you know what's happening but what I still remember that was like right when we were getting into full blown cycling fandom and we could see what a good descender could do and how it could change the race. So I will never forget the, uh, the Salvo Deli, uh, victory at the Giro. 
That was a good race. That was very good. That was good. That was a fun one. Um, <laughs> this is great because I can see what's, what Tim's lining up for his next one. It's <laughs> just like, what do you got, Spencer? Uh, yeah, this is um, going three deep on these videos is interesting, hard. interesting really you guys. Hard. There's some good ones here. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, like, like I often do, I'm going to go with a theme in my picks here, and I'm going to choose... 2005 Flanders. Uh, this is a Tom Boonin victory. This yeah. is world champion stripe adorned Tom Boonin. It is, it is the peak. It is peak Boonin, and I love it. I was so excited when he won that race. I love watching it every time that I see it. It's fantastic. Yeah, 2004 Flanders. Anything with a little Tom Boone in action, I do not blame you, Spencer. That's an okay one. We'll let you get away with that. Peak, peak Tom Boone in glory there. That is peak Tom Boone in glory. Whoa. And what's your uh, third pick, Spencer? Okay, that's where we're on. Third round. Uh, okay, so. God, I hope it's the Landis. The most that, was also, that was also his first Flanders victory, which was great. Yeah. Uh, keeping with my theme, I'm going to pick 2005 Perry-Roubaix. Oh wow! Now this one is this Stuart is, O'Grady? No, this is no. That was boring. Uh, oh. <laughs> this is also a Tom Boonin victory. Yeah. This is man. this is when he did the double. Yeah, this is incredible. This is we're still in peak Tom Boonin, and this is my favorite era of cycling ever. And now you might you might be interested to know the podium at this race because we had uh, one George Hingapi in second place, mm-hmm. and we had one. Juan Antonio Fletcher in third place. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, How can did you he imagine get the, that second place? Was he like solo? Did Boonin win a sprint? It was a sprint. They all at the same time. Is this when Hincapie didn't attack at the velodrome? That's every time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, Spencer takes the the Boonin Boonin uh, double there. Um, I will go into my last pick. One of my favorites, I will never forget this day because on September 27th, when it was happening, my brother was getting married and it happened to be the final, one of the final days of the 2003 Vuelta a España, back when the Vuelta, the leader would wear the golden jersey, which I loved before they went to the lame red. And this is when Heras went on the attack and Igor Gonzalez, Gonzalez de Galdiano mm-hmm. of Wow. Onse yeah. on the giant bike popped in a way that I have never seen someone pop before. It mm-hmm. is it is sad. It is tear inducing. Well his bike didn't fit him and he's on a lot of weird drugs, so But to see Heras just climb away in that I don't even know if it was a mountain time trial. All I know is to see that gap just open up between Heras. I mean Heras, the the the, the rider of the people, you knew that so he was going to go to his own Spanish team a few years later and become the team leader, and things were just going to be so great. The future was so bright for him. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, it all came collapsing down. But I love that 2003 Vuelta. I'll never forget that because I was like best man for my brother, and I was just hoping that we could delay the uh, the best man speech like a little bit longer. Like I went missing to watch the end of that in my parents' basement. I was going to say, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. Not like you could just pull your phone out or something. No, I was watching on Versus. Yeah, wow. Or maybe it was Outdoor Life Network. It might have know. been OLN at that point. Yeah. So what do you got, Logan? What is your final pick um, for the World geez. Cycling Productions uh, uh, victories? Gosh, I don't know, man. Um, this is tough. 
yeah, I know. Tim's got some suggestions for me here, but they're just they're not tugging at my heartstrings. I'm trying to think of the ones I have that I that I I I, I turn back to again. Ooh, kind of would like to go with that. That'd be nice. You know, I'm gonna. I think. I think I'm gonna get something I don't have currently. I'm gonna get this two races in one: Liege, Bastogne, Liege, and Flesh Wallone from 2009 for some Rebel in action. That's when he did. <laughs> That's right. He, is this when he won the Ardennes, and then they wouldn't they throw in like a little hour too? He didn't win all three this year. This is the year he won one of them, or maybe I don't yeah. remember. Anyway, he's gonna be there. It's gonna be great. He's gonna uh, look like Tintin. He always looks so good in those races. Well, the World Cycling Productions DVD is such an important part of our life. And Spencer, I've never thanked you fully for just the the wide collection that I have. No, you never have. <laughs> what that's yeah, done for my thanks. cyclic fandom. They're in a pile in my attic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I might dust out the DVD collection uh, uh, at some point here. I think uh, I think we can give a, uh, a bonus round uh, selection to the 2019 mm. Tour de France. I think yes, so. Yes, it is looking so good and uh, so like awesome. W- would have been on all our draft lists uh, if World Cycling Productions were still around. Well, we'd like to thank um, all of our listeners that hit us up with emails. Um, make sure you email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us and Instagram us at theslowridepod. We'd also like to thank the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network for their continued support for allowing us to uh, uh, bring together some independent cycling media along with our friends at Cyclocross Radio, Bike Shop CX, Life in the Peloton, the consummate athlete, and also over at the gravel lot. And with that, Close enough. this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Nope. But this in is, Minneapolis. This is Matt in Minneapolis looking at Tim in Minneapolis. And yeah. this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, Straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.